You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Thank you for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick and partner in crime at Eric Delala. Phil, it's great to be back with you. I feel like every moment we spend together is a precious one. And in the midst of a winning streak, who knows how long these joyous moments could last. Yeah, we we should enjoy the next uh, 45 minutes or so here on the podcast, hanging out together. We got a great show in store for you. We'll talk about Drew Locke's homecoming. Also, the Broncos losing streak to the Chiefs. Will it finally be snapped this time around? And then also, uh, Eric and I disagree on uh, something that Vic Fangio said the other day in one of his press conferences. He brought up the idea of no divisions in NFL football. We'll discuss that. Um, We'll also have our, all of our usual games, I think, um, And let me also introduce who's in studio with us here. Once again, trying out for the role of podcast supervisor, Ben Swanson. Hello. I'm sorry, but I've let you down this week. Why is that? Well, we didn't get enough voicemails. Yeah, we did not get enough voicemails this week to do a little segment. I'm very sorry. I'll try to call in and leave some and change my voice. A burner, a burner voicemail. Oh, is this the neutral zone? Uh, I think Ben Swanson should definitely be the podcast supervisor. <laughs> a bond burner. <laughs> yeah. We need a burner account here. Um, please call in and leave a voicemail. We love uh, sharing your thoughts here on the show. 707 neutral. That's correct. 707 neutral. And Swanson, for people who don't know how to spell neutral, what is the uh, what are the numbers? Uh, yeah, what are the numbers that spell neutral? <laughs> Please yeah. tell us. 707. <laughs> that would be 707-638-8725. All right. Anything so else leave a voicemail. coming at the end of the show, Phil? Oh, uh, if you're a regular listener here on the show, you might know that last time around we got into a little bit of an argument about whether or not Eric said the word Disney. Correct. Well, we went back and looked at the tape and... Uh, because I asked which uh, movie Vic Fangio would like, Pixar movie I mean, or I Disney. Did, and I think you mumbled it. but <laughs> The tape was pretty clear. But uh, you, Emily Samanskis, hello, and Ben Swanson, we're all pretty, we uh, yep. you're convinced we I were, didn't say Disney. We were pretty confident. So once we uh, stopped recording, I said, uh, hey, why don't we make things a little interesting here? They're always interesting on the neutral zone. And uh, we decided that if... Uh, Eric had not said it. He was going to have to sing a little bit of a Disney song. Three Disney songs, actually. And uh, Eric was so confident. He said, why don't you make it three Disney songs? <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, that would equal all three of us with with us uh, singing a Disney song each. Right. And it turns out I was right. Yeah. So uh, if you can stand it, listen throughout the show here. And at the end, we'll all sing. I've selected a Disney song for each of you. Should be uh, pretty special. And I also own Phil's condo now, so <laughs> <laughs> the bet turned out very nice. Yeah. Is it the full song? <laughs> sure, you can go first and it's a full song. Uh, Emily is not with us right now because she's upstairs practicing. <laughs> right. 
practicing warming up the vocal cords. So me, uh, me, 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 me. Exactly, exactly. Maybe so, we can knock out some football in the meantime. Yeah, why don't we jump in to two truths and a lie? Eric, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Here goes number one. Von Miller needs one sack to pass Kevin Carter and Neil Smith. Neil Smith, of course, uh, a former chief and Bronco. He needs one sack to pass Kevin Carter and Neil Smith for sole possession of 27th place in the NFL all-time sacks list. We heard heard Von today saying that he thinks he was robbed of a sack. So in his mind, he already thinks he's in 27th place. He's not, but okay. But uh, he just needs one to pass okay. Kevin Carter and Neil Smith. Is there anything else okay. as part of that one, or is that no, it? No, okay. I think I'll just well, keep it at that one. Okay, are you ready? Uh-huh. Number two, the Chiefs have won eight consecutive games in the series between the Broncos and Chiefs. It's the longest winning streak for Kansas City in the matchup's history. Okay. Okay, and here's number three. Drew Locke has won his first two games as a starting quarterback. A win this Sunday would represent the most consecutive wins by a Broncos rookie quarterback to start a career. Which one is it? Uh, the second one is a lie. Yeah. Took congratulations. It e- took it easy on me this week. Yeah. No weird disclaimers. Do you know what the longest? Or, um, I would guess maybe 11. Correct. Yeah. And then do you know the years or that would be pretty impressive? I would guess uh, very early on. 1964 um, to 1969. 11 yeah, consecutive wins by the Chiefs. I think the the Chiefs won something crazy like they were 19 and 2 in their first 21 games or something like that against the Broncos. Didn't go well early on for Denver. Yeah. yeah that happened with a lot of the Broncos uh, in uh, in conference rivals. I learned that reading on Nice Column this week by Jim Sakamano. Oh, really? But I didn't Say, know I, that anyway. Yeah, you already knew that. You know yeah. everything. You um, you might want to dig a little deeper into the weekly release. Yeah, I might have to. I had um, an idea for well, Phil, but hold, he ended hold up on, I got one more. I got oh. one more note about this here. Can you name the three other quarterbacks that were Broncos rookie quarterbacks who won two their first two games to start their career? I can, I think. There's three of them. John Elway. 1983. Craig Penrose. 1976. And Marlon Briscoe. 1968. Wow. Wow. Very it's like I've read the impressive. weekly release. <laughs> you can. Uh, Do you have a photographic memory or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can win this I game. I can just see through your paper. Easily. That's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pretty good notes there, huh? You should just start taking them from like the opposing Pretty team's weekly release. Yeah, oh. I'll be like, uh, in what year when Chiefs history yeah. did, blah, 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 yeah, did Andy Reid start coaching? <laughs> I would have no idea. Uh, Swanson had a suggestion, but I shut it down, but he still wanted to read it. Yeah. I, is this I, a truth or a lie? Or I'm supposed to... Well, we could have made it. You got to guess. Just guess if this is a truth or a lie. Okay. Okay. I think it's a lie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Locke, uh-huh. as of the recording of this podcast, is up for Rookie of the Week. The Broncos have an illustrious history with Rookie of the Week, including a span of five weeks back in 2008 when four... Out of those five weeks, a different Broncos rookie won the award. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to, th- I looked at this earlier. Ryan Clady was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a running back probably. Is that Marino? Uh-uh. Or a. Dan Marino's a quarterback. Ball? <laughs> no. 
Still wrong. No. Still wrong. A little ways off. Yeah. Do you want to answer? I think, I think like a Jeez, defensive Louise. player wanted to. No. No? No. Didn't somebody have like a defensive lineman or offensive lineman? No. Do you want me to just read it to you? Sure. Jeez. It's probably better so podcasting. Running back Peyton Hillis. Fullback. Peyton Manning is a quarterback. <laughs> I guess it was a defensive player, but he plays both on offense and defense. So. Offense? Uh, that would be Spencer Larson, played fullback and linebacker. Special teamer, too. First player in Broncos history to start on offense and defense. Interesting little note. Uh, and then Eddie Royal. Nice. The do Royal you, treatment. Phil, do you know the first Bronco to win Rookie of the Week? John L.A. <laughs> I don't think I started that early. <laughs> no, I don't know who. I believe it was Clinton Portis. Oh, really? Yeah. Fact check, true. Wow. Fact check, true. All right. Well, that was uh, two truths and one lie. I won this edition win. of the Neutral Zone. At Eric Delala won that one. Let's uh, switch gears now and talk about Drew Locke's homecoming. Drew Locke uh, off to a great start in his Broncos career. There's just and we love a lot about Drew Locke. There's just one nasty thing from his past that he cannot hide any longer. And that he, that is... He went to Missouri? No, that he grew up a Chiefs fan. Oh, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, hard to hide that. He didn't try he, to hide it during his press conference. He said that uh, his favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. Do you believe that? The first, Why? Why the, does it have to be that way? <laughs> the first uh, game I ever attended at Arrowhead, Phil... He did. He hit the drum. Dante Hall did the drum. Yeah. Christmas night, 2016. Yeah, Broncos we saw had him to, right before he was about to go out there and Broncos do Broncos had to win to stay in the playoff hunt. A rainy night. Oh, my gosh. Pouring so, rain. That yeah. was miserable. I was yeah, just was a terrible. young lad back then, and you gave me one piece of advice, and that was get as close to the drum as you possibly can. It is pretty sweet. There were other cameras around. They were kind of in the distance. You were just I was. You were like was on right Dante's there. shoulders watching, <laughs> filming him as he hit the drum. Dante Hall. Man, I can't believe that's Drew Locks. That evening didn't go so well, huh? Broncos <laughs> lost uh, pretty yeah, badly. I think 33 yes. to 10 or something like that. Dante yeah, that was Poe a, threw yeah, that touchdown. Yeah. Oh, insulting. That was miserable. So, anyway, Drew Locke uh, grew up a big Chiefs fan. His dad actually knows Andy Reid pretty well, played for him at the University of Missouri. Um, so there's a lot of overlap there. Uh, been to Arrowhead more times than he can count, was there for playoff games yeah. against Peyton Manning, Joe Flacco. Pretty, yeah. pretty big fan. Pretty big fan. you got to be a pretty big fan to go to a playoff game. That's true. And uh, I mean, I've never been to a Broncos playoff game, well, so I must not be a big fan. Yeah. Your day will come soon enough. Um, if Drew Locke has anything to say about it. But it was just funny. You got a, a little bit more personality from Drew. He said that... Uh, you know, uh, he grew up playing basketball, of course, and afterward, after games, he used to go across the street for half-price apps at Applebee's. I love that. But he said that he no longer goes to Applebee's. Well, maybe he's uh, maybe he's a little more grown up now. His transition to Chili's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, some straw margs. Nothing like them. <laughs> <laughs> I think they changed the recipe, though, not quite as good. Uh, he said that he'll have about 50... Friends and family tickets that he gave out. Um, Does that include us? No. <laughs> I don't think so. 
think we got to sit in the press box, unfortunately. What do you think it's going to be like for him when he runs out there for the first time? I think he'll be amped up. And, well, I think that that could be overwhelming for some guys. Drew, I think, has the personality, just based on what we've seen through these first two games, that that might just that might inspire him more. Um, I don't know if that means he'll – I don't know if that means the Broncos are going to win, but I expect him to handle it well, um, to take those emotions and – channel them properly and man if he if he were to lead like an opening touchdown drive or something like a big drive late in the fourth quarter he's gonna be fired up yeah i think that he already plays with a ton of emotion so as long as he can uh, use that in a positive direction i think that that's going to be a, a, a good thing for the for him and the broncos vic on uh wednesday when he was ta- when he was asked about this how is drew going to handle everything he said well he's gonna have to do this every year for the next and he kind of stopped himself yeah. and was, you know, I guess Drew's got to earn that a little bit first. But yes, certainly seems like a lot of people are on board with yeah. Drew Locke. And like they've we've almost started to accept that, hey, a few more good performances here at the end of the year from Drew. And we could be looking at Drew Locke versus Patrick Mahomes as the next, you know, rivalry in this division. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the if he wins this game. The Broncos win. The lock hysteria in the Mile High City will be blow the roofs off. Swanson said he was going to get a, a three tattooed on his back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually thought I'd do the th- on the front. Oh, yeah. I just want to be able to just you know rip the shirt off and it'd be you right know, there. It makes sense. You know what? I, I'm surprised he didn't get asked. Was um, the last Broncos player who was from the Kansas City area, Shane Ray. <laughs> had a Chiefs tattoo on his back. He did. You never and liked that. I did not like that. So sort of interesting. Nobody asked, hey, Drew, do you have a huge Chiefs tattoo on your back? Or he doesn't seem like. I've, never, guessing, seen his, I've never seen his back. I'm guessing Hard he to... doesn't. Did he get that tattoo after he was drafted? I don't know. I think he might have. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> My favorite little nugget from uh, Drew Locke's press conference about, I mean, Phil, most of that press conference was about the Chiefs and him being a Chiefs fan and like his yeah. friends rooting for Patrick Mahomes. And he said, I hope my friends at least are cheering for me if they're wearing a number three jersey. <laughs> yeah. But my favorite part was somebody asked him kind of a ridiculous question that was, uh, are you trying to prove to the Chiefs that they should have drafted you instead of Patrick Mahomes? Somebody asked that? Yes. Kind of an odd question wow. considering uh, Patrick Mahomes was drafted <laughs> two years earlier and and what was an MVP yeah well and so Drew said yeah I think it's gonna be pretty hard to convince them that they shouldn't have taken the MVP and then he said unless I end up the MVP someday uh, I love that yeah you know some guys He's are like we're gonna take confidence. it a day at a time Drew's like maybe when I start stacking yeah. the MVPs as Q I I actually was a little surprised that he answered so many questions about growing up a Chiefs fan, I thought that maybe he would have shut that down partly like, hey, through. let's talk about the Broncos. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, I've answered enough about this. I'm focused on this week. Let's keep it up. Not his personality. He keeps it pretty real up there. I like it. I'm sure eventually he'll uh, he'll be trained and we'll get the, yeah. the cookie cutter answers. But for now, yeah, he gives great stuff up on the podium. And he was saying, though, that he's not really buying into – things that are being said in the media about him that he likes to spend as much time as possible inside the building and just like focus what's going on inside the walls. Yeah. But you think so? You could tell he wants to win this game about as bad as anything. Well, he is what they call in Missouri, a true son. Mm. 
from Missouri, went to the University of Missouri. Played for the Broncos. The three elements maybe of he'll being go a true son. Back there and beat the Chiefs. The ultimate true son. I mean, Phil, we'll get to this because we'll talk about this streak that's going on right now. But, I mean, truly, the if he loses, I don't think it means necessarily that he's that he can't pan out to be a great quarterback, of course. Only three Broncos quarterbacks have ever won at Arrowhead in December. Manning, Elway, and Kyle Orton. That's Orton, a nice Orton's, stat. Orton's naturally on that list. Um, but if he does win... I think that proves to you that maybe he's farther along. This team is farther oh, gosh, along yeah. than you thought. And if they can compete against the Chiefs and Arrowhead and potentially steal a game there next year, I mean, then you start looking ahead to maybe this isn't a team with Drew Locke that will fight for 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven next year. Maybe this is a team that can challenge a good Chiefs team for the division. Yeah, and we'll get into that more a little bit later in the show. But Cortland Sutton also uh, mentioned that um that the Broncos are pretty confident heading into this matchup. One other thing I wanted to talk about with Drew Locke, and that was uh, what we heard from Rich Scangarello, the Broncos offensive coordinator on Thursday. He said that he thinks that Drew has changed his mechanics drastically, that he's uh, his feet are planted in the ground and he's got a solid base, and that's helping his accuracy. Have you seen much of that, Eric, when you, when you watch Drew play? Well, I mean, I think... Drew kind of gets away with some stuff sometimes because his arm is so strong. Uh, and I think that on the telecast this last week, um, they were pointing and out, they were pointing out times when maybe he needed to be better, but you look at that throw to Tim Patrick, the 39 right yarder, yarder that was off his back foot. He's fallen backwards and he just, he tossed it in the bread basket. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, Patrick Mahomes is a guy who really throws off balance a lot and is pretty accurate. And I think that as long as you're accurate with it on a consistent basis, then it doesn't really matter. Well, maybe some of the more routine throws, whether it's a, you know, a flare out in the flat or you're just throwing a, a comeback route or some type of crossing pattern maybe those mechanics help you there with consistency in terms of exactly you're not overthrowing him here or you're not behind it's just the same ball over and over but I do think part of the allure of Drew Locke and Scangarello mentioned this on Thursday as well is that he has the arm talent to make those off schedule plays or make those plays when things aren't perfect yeah he and, mentioned a throw to Tim Patrick on a, a second on 11 that hey he if he doesn't make that kind of adjustment probably gets batted down and uh you know, that drive went on to be a scoring drive. So who knows what would happen there? But yeah, I agree. I haven't seen too much of that, but also not too worried about it because his accuracy improved from his first start to his second start. So, right. but I will say, I think that part of this offense is timing and that for the quarterback has a lot to do with your footwork. And like when you hit the back of your drop, you know, boom, you're supposed to fling it out. So it'll be interesting to see how, Hey, there's been two really good starts. I wonder, let's try to dive in and see what, what little fine things that we can see Drew improve on as he uh, continues to mature as a quarterback. Well, you obviously, you have to be good at those fundamentals to be a good quarterback. Every good quarterback in this league is like that. To be a great quarterback, you got to be able to do something a little bit extra. That's what Aaron Rodgers does. That's what Lamar Jackson does. That's what Patrick Mahomes does. Brady does that to some extent. I mean, it's not like the scrambling necessarily, but he's just able to find places in the pocket. Exactly. You know, you got to be able to do things off script and extend plays and run around a little bit. 
And one of the things that we've seen with Drew is that this offensive line looks pretty good now because he can move around the pocket and extend plays. So I think that Drew's got that extra special kind of stuff. See if he uh, continues to work on his uh, fundamentals and really hone in on what it takes to play quarterback week in and week out in this league. But Play Q. Play the Q. But uh, nonetheless, really exciting. It's going to be an exciting game for Drew to go back home, play in front of uh, about 50 friends and family this week as the Broncos head to Arrowhead. And uh, Drew, or uh, not Drew, Eric. Wow. I just got, I got lock on the brain. You can call me that if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, I think it's time for Phil in the blank. Swanson theme music. Oh, boy. Uh-uh. Fill in the blank. No, no, Swanson. Fill in the blank. We're going to be singing later. Okay. Um, so this is a nice transition, Phil. Uh, the first one for fill in the blank is blank was Drew Locke's most impressive throw of Sunday's game. Mm, um, I would say maybe f- the touchdown to Fant. Mm. Uh, that, I think that that play is designed that if uh, you get a certain look from the defense – it was either going to go to Cortland or it was going to go to Noah Fant. And with a tight end like that, you like to be able to have him sort of turn around and jump up in the air and get the ball. Drew had to put that in a spot where the defender could not get it and only Fant could, and boom, it was right on the money. And a third down at that, you know. And it was the first, play. first score of the game, so that got the Broncos' offense really rolling. I'm partial to that that deep throw to Tim Patrick just because there was a guy in his face a beautiful throw. The defense essentially, it was almost, he was double covered and it dropped right where it needed to be. Those are the types of plays that we haven't seen a quarterback make consistently in a long time here. So if Drew's able to do that, um, he could be something special. And so that was really encouraging, I thought. I like I liked that throw too. That's that. Those are big time NFL throws. Yeah. And, uh, that was a question mark for Drew coming in. Is, is he able to make some of those more accurate throws where he's got to just drop it in a bucket? And he's showing that. Uh, Phil, you mentioned uh, that Von Miller brought up a sack that he thought he should have had. Um, kind of timed up the jump just perfectly, it looked like. Would have gotten him his seventh sack. Was untouched, brought down to Sean Watson. So this fill in the blank is Von Miller will end his season with blank number of sacks. Mm, he has six right now, right? He does. We've, we, we touched on this, I think, a couple weeks ago. I thought that he was going to get the double digits. Now he needs four in the final three games. Mm-hmm. He says his knee's feeling good. So he says that he's, uh, he's going to be able to play. He, th- he can get back to those exotic moves. He said those are back. He said, I'm all good. Hard to sack Mahomes, though. Mm. But then we don't know who's going to be the Lions quarterback. It has been uh, David Blah. Bluff. He, Bluff, I think Bluff. it is. Bluff. Um, but he he's been sacked a lot. Are, yeah, I'm gonna say ten. You think so? I'm gonna say ten. I'm gonna yeah. say he gets there. Bluff has been sacked seven times in two games, uh, including five last week against the Vikings. So yeah, maybe Vaughn might need a two or three sack game against him to get it maybe going. That'll be a nice little uh, holiday present for him. Ooh, underneath the tree. Yeah, could be nice. Could be. Maybe. Uh, Maybe he'll dress up like Santa. Mm. Yeah. What, how many sacks do you say? I would guess eight. Oh. I know. 
Oh. Oh. <laughs> Very um, uncomfortable. Uh, this was this was asked to uh, Vaughn today. Wasn't sure how I felt about the question, but he was asked mm. who the Broncos' biggest rival is. Ah. And so, uh, Phil, your last fill in the blank is blank is the Broncos' biggest rival. The Chiefs. That's pretty easy to me. Just because, uh, one, the Broncos have lost eight consecutive games to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the only other team in recent history to win the division. And uh, the way that some of these games have uh, played out, there's some animosity there. Mm. Where I haven't really seen, definitely not with the Chargers. Um, and then the Raiders, you would have to just say back to history and, you know, the early 90s. Then you would say, okay, there's more of a rivalry there. But for me right now, no doubt it's the Chiefs. So there's no, uh, I agree with you, but I think you could make the argument that the Chiefs series has just been so uncompetitive recently and that the Chiefs might view, like if you ask Chiefs fan, who's your who's your uh, biggest rival at the moment, they might say like New England because they've been going back and forth the last few years. Yeah, I mean, maybe once you add in the playoffs, then you're like, you got sort of a more of a you know, losses that sting. And then the next year, you, you know, you got a little bit of hatred. Do you think Chiefs fans right now are their hatred for the Broncos probably isn't at its peak? Yeah. But maybe one win could just change the narrative. That's true. I do think that Drew Locke could be a hated guy in Kansas city. Correct. Yeah. And like when I was a kid, you would watch Chiefs games long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And they would describe the scene there at Arrowhead. This was after FDR got done. People. Yeah, exactly. The war had just ended, and uh, I returned home. Which one? One or two? No, yeah. no, no. Revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, people used to wear Elway jerseys. Think about this as a fan. Really would, funny to think about the Revolutionary <laughs> War ending and people wearing Elway jerseys, yeah. like in their little yeah, exactly. try hats that they had on. Exactly. <laughs> They'd wear LA jerseys. They would buy a Broncos jersey and then stick arrows in the back. Wouldn't that hurt them? But they, um, they must have had some sort of padding or something back there, but some styrofoam maybe. The but, uh, the no taxation without representation, that actually, someone yeah. was trying to buy an Elway jersey and the sales tax was sales tax was too much. Exactly. And then uh, they were like, enough they, of this. They stormed this ship and threw all the Elway jerseys into the bay. Exactly. <laughs> People forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do you think uh, that the Chiefs is the, like in the division, why have they been the, the biggest rivals? Because they have more Paul Revere success? let them know that Drew Locke <laughs> is coming. I'm being a little more serious, but is it because they're, they've kind of been more successful consistently? Well, I look, I think back to that game. Uh, when was that? 2016, the overtime game where they lost. Hurt my heart. Yeah, that that was a really uh, a stinging game. You talk about the rain game. The Broncos could have, con- you know, continued their playoff chances. You lose that one. Don Terry Poe throws a touchdown pass. Disrespect. Rude. You know, things like that happen. Um, and then the last couple of years, the Broncos, you know, haven't been. I mean, last year, the Broncos, the Case Keenum almost won that game if, if he would have hit Demaryius Thomas there. So, yeah. like. I just think there's a natural oh. rivalry. And then plus when you have a quarterback who's really good like Mahomes, there's like a a foe that you kind of 
get, get go against, you know, so sure. you have a, you have a character there. But the, the Broncos so. series against the Chargers is probably more, com- I mean, it is more competitive recently. Like those yeah. games have been close. Almost every single one of them has come down to the final possession, the final minute. And so I, like if you just started, I mean, since I've been here, it seems to me like those are the games that go back and forth. Yeah, but there's so. no hate there. I don't really. Oh, but you think people hate Philip Rivers. Used to. Oh, not anymore. anymore. Now they now, just feel bad. Yeah, exactly. Got it. <laughs> exactly. Time, no, time is tempered. Yes. And now, and now you're like, oh, you had a really good career, but you haven't, you know, even played in a Super Bowl. Like you, mm, you just sort sad. of, yeah. Drew Locke's but, never played in the Super Bowl. I know. It's a sad story. <laughs> yeah. You think Chargers fans feel bad for him? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you feel bad for Philip Rivers, just realize that Drew Locke's never played in one either. Exactly. So makes neither, you think. Neither is Patrick Mahomes. That's true. Which you that's enjoy. True. I do. <laughs> that's what, that's how you could tell. It. Like, like um, I saw a, I saw a Facebook comment today on the Broncos Facebook page that was like, "I hope Drew does well as a Broncos fan, uh, but I'm also partially a Chiefs fan, so I hope they win the Super Bowl if the Broncos don't." Who is this person? And I, and I was like, I read what? it and I thought, no, Phil would not like this. Like, I want to meet this person. Yeah. I just want. It doesn't exist. It must have been one of those internet bots. A bot. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 They were. Must they were been. talking about Russia afterwards. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> C- cannot compute. You know. But then somehow they put that in there. Mm, An error. It. And it's some sort of an algorithm problem. Yeah. Error. 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 Of the week. <laughs> All right, is that it for fill in the blank? That is only okay. three. Swanson, wrap it up. I just did the music again. <laughs> oh, that's fine. You know, the blank. The blank. This uh, strangely gets into the streak against the Chiefs. Feel like we just talked about this a little bit, but eight losses in a row, Eric. Um, Maybe what's the most painful? <laughs> well, we've kind of talked about that a little bit too, huh? but. Um, you know, what do you think it would mean if the Broncos could get a win this week? Oh, my goodness. Well, let me let me first say this, Phil. If the Broncos lose, I don't think it's the end of the world. No, especially if Drew goes out and shows composure. and Well, even if he struggles, a lot of quarterbacks struggle there. I think John Elway only won at, Arrow, at Arrowhead four times in his career. I mean, it's maybe in the, yeah, four times in his career at Arrowhead. So it's not something that you know, happens all that much. It's a tough place to play, especially this time of year. So yeah, if, but Drew, if Drew struggles, I don't think you need to be like, wow, we've got a serious problem with Drew Locke and he's not the answer. I think you just hope that the wheels don't come off. That would be the, you know, it sort of felt like the, the wheels came off in that game against the Chiefs earlier this year where got sure. out of hand pretty quickly there and it was not really a competitive game. If it's competitive, at least for a while, and they end up losing, I think you can live with that result. But I think back to like last year when Case Keenum was leading the Broncos, and the Broncos I think cut the lead to seven or something like at that half-time, at halftime. Yeah. And the whole game, like you were within ten for most of it. To me, the wheels never fell off in that one. If it was a similar game this weekend, you'd be disappointed. But I don't think you'd say, you know, like the Drew Locke experiment is yeah. over and he's terrible. Blah blah no. blah. But if they win. The Broncos can get a win. Man, this there might be a party in the streets. There, there most definitely will be. Because Sofas will be lit on fire. Cars, cars turned will, over. Cars turned over. Derek Carr. I'm going to turn Phil's car over. <laughs> yeah. Especially, like, it seems to me like people have almost 
said the Texans game was just a, a fluke and like the Texans didn't show up and they're yes. not as good as the Chiefs. The Texans beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead this year. Yep. And you just beat them at home by a lot. And the the score wasn't uh, indicative of how much the Broncos should have won that game by. And so to me, like if you beat the Texans, you can go in there and beat the Chiefs. And if you can do that, like I said before, Phil, you show that next year you're an instant threat for the division. Yeah, and that's another thing that we should get into is that a win will suggest things for the future that, hey, you, the, you've you got confidence now that you can you, – you're not just like, let's see what happens this year. You're like, no, we're right up there. Yeah, and you're not, you're not thinking that, oh, Mahomes is just going to dominate the division for the next 10 years. You think to yourself, we've got a guy now that can help us. You know, is it still going to be a tight battle as long as they've got Mahomes? Of course, but you've got a guy now on your side that – can help you uh, swing things back in your favor. And if you're a Chiefs fan and that happens, you're probably like, oh, what about this Drew Lock guy? Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is the Chiefs have been playing much better lately. Their defense is vastly improved. And for the second week in a row, the Broncos are going to be playing a team that just beat the Patriots a week prior. So that's sort of an interesting. I think, I'm not sure the stat, but I think teams that have just beaten the Patriots don't tend to fare super well because there's just... It's almost like a letdown effect. You put so much into beating those guys, especially in Foxborough. And especially for the Chiefs, knowing that, hey, we are going to see these guys most likely down the line. They beat us last year in the championship game, so there's a lot of emotion there. But I will say to counter that is that by beating the Patriots, the Chiefs are now in a position where playoff positioning becomes a little more crucial for them and these final few games could really determine a lot of course yeah so they have a lot to play for even though they've already wrapped up the afc west i just think that the tone of the offseason could be different if you win this one because at this point and maybe this is unrealistic i would think the broncos the broncos would be favored at home against the lions and the raiders the way that drew lock is playing and so but the difference between four and one, where three of those teams are not playoff teams, you get one win over the Texans and lose to the Chiefs on the road. The difference between that and going five and zero oh with a marquee win over the Chiefs, plus the win over the Texans, then again, Phil, that's kind of like where you can think, well, can you take a jump from not being in the playoffs the last few years to being a division winner, to competing for a wild card, to doing all these things with some more pieces around Drew? And you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. I know you like to look at the schedule and uh, plan these things out, but I will say if they're able to win five games in a row into the off season, finish the season eight and eight, that's a big deal. Not a losing streak, but eight and eight. uh, I mean, a losing record eight and eight into the into the off season. There's a lot of momentum going on there. Of course, and so, you, you still have to put it together the next year. I mean, no one's saying that that yeah. just automatically means you're going to make the playoffs, but I think it suggests with how much young talent you have and finding a quarterback, hopefully, that yeah, now, you're in a posi- now you're in a position where people don't talk of talk about you winning despite your quarterback. Exactly. And look, the Lions were pretty good to start the season, and then the Raiders are obviously fighting for their playoff lives as well, so... Those two games aren't just cupcakes, but oh, of if, course. if the Broncos can get that done, it would be huge. And, of course, it starts this week against the Chiefs. It would also be big to just snap this streak because right now it's, it, it's a little bit in the head. Yeah. It could be in their heads where you're like, look, 
gosh, like no matter what, we just can't beat these guys. But I mean, not many of these guys have been around that long. Yeah, I mean, you have never experienced a uh, Chiefs win. Yeah, well, a win a over, victory the Chiefs. over the Chiefs yeah. during your employment here. But I think that a lot of the, crazy. a lot of the young guys like Cortland Sutton, Bradley Chubb. I know he's not playing. Like they never beat these guys. They haven't beaten them, but also they haven't lost eight times in a row. Yeah, you know, that's Cortland true. Sutton that's has true. lost three times, and I think in the grand scheme of things, that maybe isn't. And two of those games were really close. So I don't know if for those guys it's quite the mental block that, you know, Chris Harris or or Vaughn might think like, wow, it's been forever since we beat these guys. Yeah. But it would be nice to snap this streak. It would be awesome. Especially if it ruins the potential of the Chiefs getting home field and being or able first to win. Round by or something, you know. Plus the Broncos are still so, alive. That's true. That's true. Broncos fans root for the Buffalo Bills over the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Yes, I would say root for games the, to root for. I would here. say root for the Houston Texans because either the Texans or the Titans need to lose out. And uh, root the for Titans the could. They got a tough schedule, right? Saints. They play. They play the, uh, Texans, the Texans twice, twice, and then also the Saints, I believe. Yeah, so, so it's possible. They, they seem like the more likely of the two teams to lose out. So I would root for a Texans win on the road. And uh, Eric's done all the homework there. So there's your rooting guide for the week. I think. Th- with a win, I think the Broncos will get through this weekend still alive. Yeah. Next week possible. is the, the tough yeah. one with some other games. All right, Eric, uh, time for Eric of the Week. Or should I say Eric of the Week? I'm just going to say one more thing before we get to that. Can you imagine if Drew Locke somehow led this team to the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. That would be ridiculous. If we, I'm sorry, are we on a different podcast, uh, Eric's <laughs> Fantasy World or something? Well, but what, what I mean, would you say? Like, would you say he's in the running for MVP if that happens? Certainly, Rookie of the Week. <laughs> yes. Okay, Rick of the Week. Are you okay now? Uh, yeah, I'm fired up, and that's why uh, this week's Rick of the Week is Ric Flair. Uh, woo! Woo! Wow. Yeah. You Can know, you expand upon it a little uh, bit? He's just hyped. Just, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I once served him at a Moe's Southwestern Grill in Charlotte. What'd you serve him? I'm sorry. Did you say King Supers? Tex-Mex. <laughs> Divorce proceedings. <laughs> wow. You've been know. served. Yeah. Had Tennis? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and what happened? Good tip or what? Uh... Do you tip it? I don't know if you really tip there. Oh, it's 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 kind of like a, I guess like a Chipotle. What would you it's say like to kinda... welcome someone? <laughs> you go welcome to Moe's. It's not really it's a true. thing I hear. Though, you're like, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did he do that when you said welcome to Moe's? Not that I recall. What I think I would have remembered that. What was yeah, he doing? Would've. He was eating. He was hungry. It was a pretty popular place. The one I worked at. Ooh. I'm sure it was. I saw Jay Billis there. Yeah. Really? Not named yeah. Rick. Duke, Duke's uh, own Jay Bellis? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Crazy well, that that's they were a both in Denver. Uh, who's who? All, all two famous people. Yeah, why were they in Denver? Denver? a good Rick of the Week. <laughs> Thank you. That's a Rick of the Week, Rick Flair. Woo! All right, let's uh, get into something that uh, was talked about a little bit this week. Was uh, Vic Fangio was asked that what he thought about a 17-game season, you know, the uh, owners' meetings going on this week in the NFL, and, uh, you know, this topic of 17 games has come up. Vic Fangio was asked about it, and he said, actually, uh, 
Something else that I'd like to bring up that I've never really brought up before is the, the idea of no divisions. And his idea was that, uh, hey, there's 16 teams in the AFC. How about you play 15, all the teams once? So that's 15 games, and then you got one, one left over to play the other side. Now, let's keep in mind that uh, Vic comes from a uh, heavy baseball fandom. Mm. So maybe that's where some of that is coming from. But uh, just interested to get your thoughts on this, Eric. Yeah, you know, I kind of, uh, I don't hate it. I think there are some tweaks that would need to be made. I think it's bad for the league. I do like the idea of playing every AFC team every year. It's kind of like a college basketball uh, situation, a college football situation um, where you get to play all these teams so often and you, so you're not benefiting between, you know, like having to play the Chiefs twice every year when they're really good and not getting to play, say, the Dolphins twice like New England might. But what I think is flawed is that the league wants its AFC teams to play its NFC teams too for the sake of the the game. And so it's not good if the Broncos only ever play one NFC team and say that's Seattle or Arizona. I mean, obviously Seattle used to be in the same division, so that would make sense. Um, And then you think, well, what if the NFC team rotated, but then you're talking about only playing each NFC team once every 16 years, which is a little ridiculous. So what I would do, Phil, is if you want to do that, that method of no divisions, I would do 12 AFC games and you you don't play three of them and that rotates every year. So you play every team four out of every five years and then the other four games you play a quarter of the NFC. So you play every NFC team every four years. and that, Like it is now. Like it is now. Um, but that way the AFC, I mean, you're still benefiting to some degree. Yeah, like if you don't have to play, say, the Chiefs or the Patriots this year or the right. Ravens. But... The problem with that, I guess, is that would Broncos fans be okay with one out of every five years just not playing the Chiefs? And I don't know if the answer to that is. That's that's what my argument was, that I think that uh, football, unlike some of these other sports, is there's a lot of emotion heading into each one of these games where there's such a buildup throughout the week on the specific matchup. And as that grows over time, when you play a team twice every single year, I think that uh, you build these rivalries, and that is what makes the NFL special, is that you've got just a huge game coming up against the Chiefs, and you don't like the Chiefs. And if you remove that where you're not playing the same team twice every year and it's just sort of you know free-for-all in the AFC where you're playing each team once, it's harder to develop those rivalries. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that, I don't feel like playing the Chiefs twice necessarily makes the rivalry any stronger, but I do think you have to play them at least once every year, and at that point, you are you essentially have a division anyway, because Vic referenced college football, but college football has divisions. Yes. But like, there's a reason that Michigan and Ohio State are able to play every year, and it's that they're in the same division. But the reason why there's a rivalry with the Chiefs is that because if you win your division, you make the playoffs. So you're competing with these guys to make the playoffs. And so there's naturally more on the line in these games. And, you know, there's a saying division games count twice and all that. And then over the years, because they've been in the same division, that's why there's a rivalry there. So, yeah, but I think also you could say that 
if you split every year, then it's essentially like a tie. Whereas if you only play once and the Broncos are able to say for a whole year, we beat the Chiefs and the Chiefs have to wait till the next season to get revenge, it kind of, it stews a little bit longer. Yeah, because I, well, the counter to that is like, say, in other sports when there's a series, like, say, for example, on hockey, maybe something will happen in game one, then it, it builds on game two, and then it continues to build throughout the series. Same thing with basketball. You get a, a little bit of that in this where, you know, hey, maybe something happened in that first matchup between two specific players they're, they've been looking forward to this game, and they're going to, you know, maybe there's a little something extra going on. But if, if CSU played CU twice a year, a home-and-home, and, home, and like, you won the first one, but then CSU won the second one, would that feel as good to you as if CU just beat them once and for a whole year? I mean, maybe, maybe you can pick a better rival than CSU, obviously, but... Yeah, I think that... Uh, like there's something... The Michigan-Ohio State rivalry is so lopsided because... Ohio State has won that one game every That's year true. for the last eight or whatever. That's true, but also what makes Shout that out, <laughs> what also makes that rivalry special is that they're playing for something directly between themselves. between those two. That's true. You know, so that you know, if you're just playing like against the Dolphins, you're like, oh, here's a huge AFC matchup against the Dolphins. It doesn't really carry the same sort of uh, spark. Je ne sais quoi. Exactly. Exactly. So. Just some thoughts there. I, I, I think that it's interesting, and I think that the idea of playing all 15 teams is interesting, but um, I mean, I'm I not would, sure. I think it's good in some fashion for like the Broncos to play the Patriots more often or for yeah. the Broncos to get to Houston more often, you know, like for fans to see these teams and more they, than... They do try to build some of that in because if you win your division, you play the other division winners. And then naturally, if there's some consistency there over time, you're going to play those teams every single year. And then there's a rivalry there. Right. I mean, that's I why guess, like Peyton Manning played Tom Brady so many times. Right. So that's what, that's why that, that was fun. But there were times when I would have rather growing up as an Indianapolis Colts fan, not seen Tom Brady. No, I would have rather played Tom Brady twice and, you know, play the Titans once because the Titans game, it was just like a, hmm. it was like a walkthrough. Yeah. Oh, geez. Hopefully no Titans fans listening out there. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, one last point about this is, uh, do you think that uh, eventually we're going to see a 17 game schedule, maybe more, maybe cut down on the preseason a little bit? Um, I would think so. 17 seems like a, like a halfway step. Like if they go to 17, I suspect that the, ultimate goal will be 18 just 17 doesn't seem to work to me in terms of gosh, it's just hard for me to get my mind around because like you said there's this there's a schedule formula right now where you play a division in the AFC you play a division in the NFC you play your division twice each team and then you play the teams that finish in the same place as you in the AFC and so so we can look three years out and essentially say, here's the teams we're going to play. Yep. And if that goes to 17, something kind gets screwed up. Yeah, exactly. They got a really nice system right now. And I need those games to happen so I can check off all these stadiums. Exactly. And if they mess it up, I'm not going to be happy. I hope they don't mess it up because I only need two more and the Broncos are supposed to get both of those next year. So Las Vegas. It'd be interesting. Wow. Ooh. Charlotte. And the new LA stadium, but it it should be uh, Charlotte and Atlanta. 
Unless the Broncos go to London. London for those ones. Hopefully that's not the case. Sorry, London. Well, do you count London as one you haven't gone to? That's true. That is true. But maybe if it's like a division game in London, that would be better. (laughs) That way I get all three there. (laughs) What if they didn't go to Las Vegas and went to London? Oh, no, they wouldn't do that. (laughs) They wouldn't take away a Vegas game. Anyway, interesting thoughts there uh, as we uh, ponder what the future of the NFL could be scheduling-wise. Eric, I think uh, it's time to just end the show now. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you like that? (laughs) I think it's time for uh, the three of you. Emily has joined us in studio here. Hello! I don't know what was said earlier, but if I said anything, (laughs) it was not me! Emily's been really (laughs) quiet. Emily was here earlier and then left and is now back. We did say, Emily, that you are upstairs, correct me if I'm wrong, here working on your vocal cords, spraying, you know, different kinds of mists into into the throat to loosen them up. Oh. Was warming up my vocal cords. No mists were involved. Oh. So I've selected a song for each of you. She was in the green room, I think. Um, Swanson, if you want to start us off. Sure. Um, I've selected You've Got a Friend in Me from Toy Story to go with our Buzz Lightyear theme. Uh, we're almost rolling out of tape here, so uh, <laughs> if it mysteriously cuts out. I would just do uh, maybe a minute to three minutes of your given song, and then we can move on. Yeah, I picked the shortest verse. Okay. Yeah. Is that all right, or would you prefer shorter? Mm. Nope. I don't know how that would <laughs> be possible. Okay. Uh, uh, keep delaying here. Or? Drum roll here. Uh, no drum roll, please. That's <laughs> oh, okay. gonna mess sorry, with. Sorry, the sorry. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. You've got troubles, and I've got them too. There isn't anything I wouldn't do. We stick together and we see it through. Cause you've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. Yay! Wow. That was great. Very Thank nice. You. A Woo-hoo Toy Story hooray! reference there? Nice. Uh huh. Yeah, he brought that up before. <laughs> It seems like you weren't listening again. Yeah. I don't think you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Two okay. verses for Phil. <laughs> uh, Emily, I believe you have uh, prepared a selection from Beauty and the Beast. I have. Be our guest. This is for Aaron and my brother Eric, who I sang this to incessantly last time I went to Disney World. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Tie your napkin. Round your neck, Sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot hors d'oeuvres, why we only live to serve. Try the gray stuff, it's delicious. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. They can sing, they can dance. After all, miss, this is France, and a dinner here is never second best. Go on, unfold your menu, take a glance, and then you'll be our guest. We are guest, be our guest. Yay! Tremendous. Yes. Really good. What was that character, the candlestick? What was his name? Lumiere. Oh, yes. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. And then, Very uh, nice. Phil, last but not least, you were pretty shook. Um, I really oh, cannot I believe that you said, uh, I did not think that you said Disney. I was really confident. You could have probably got a lot more out of it. <laughs> yeah. In addition to your condo. The other thing is that, like, I probably shouldn't have bet because, like, you would know if you said something. Well, sometimes I think I said something and I didn't, but. All right, here we go. You ready? I'm going to introduce this. Uh, The Bare Necessities 
from the Jungle Book. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, old mother nature's recipes that brings the bare necessities of life. That was great. Fantastic. Nice job, Phil. Yay. You know, that was a Thank great you. fit. That was a great fit for Phil selection. Yeah, I think I missed my calling. <laughs> Emily, any other Disney nice... tracks you just want to sing? <laughs> Be on the... Oh, now I'm put on the spot. No, that's okay. You don't have to. Um, uh... I'll be surprised if this actually makes it out to the public. It better. <laughs> we should get the video and put this on YouTube. Oh, gosh. I don't think so. Uh, right. Is it time for shout-outs? I think so. Okay, let's get to the shout-outs. Like shout Did out you want to sing? <laughs> no, I, w- I won. Oh, oh, got it. What um, would have been your song? Hmm, probably something from... Uh, Jay-Z? Hercules? Maybe, maybe, Her- maybe Hercules or Tarzan. Mm. Aladdin? No. Yeah, I like uh, Hercules Mulan? when it's the one where it's like I can go the distance. It's a good song. Got it. Oh, wait, Mulan has some really good songs. Yeah. Wait, which I almost, one? I almost chose a "Make a Man Out of You" for you, Phil. From oh, Mulan, <laughs> that would have been nice. Yeah, some good songs there. Which one of us was was best? Yeah, me. Um, Emily sang the most. <laughs> You're welcome. But Emily was going for the fans? whole song there. There wasn't a good end point. You were all great no. in your own ways. All right, let's get Thank to you. the shout-outs now. Uh, or do we have any shout-outs? Of course, Community. Liz Mann is. Uh, Justin Simmons. Shout-out, Walter Payton, Man the of the Year. Broncos, presented uh, by Nationwide. The Broncos nominee for Walter Payton, Man of the Year. Presented by name, Nationwide. You name a community event, Justin Simmons is there. That's true. It really Thank is you. impressive. It is. He's like at everything. He is, and he talked to, uh, today a little bit about maybe the idea of starting his own foundation pretty soon, so um, it'll be interesting, you know, to see what happens here with Justin Simmons. Of course, his contract uh, ends at the end of this season. I know that the Broncos would really like to have him back. He's having a career season. And uh, I know that this Denver community also really hopes that he comes back because he does so much. Yeah, he's taken a huge step on the field, but off the field is kind of the same guy that he's been for the four years since he's been here. Um, Justin and I arrived within days of each other. That's true. And so... uh, what round were you drafting in? <laughs> like the 15th or something like that. Got it. I was a non-preferred college free agent. Um, <laughs> but So I've gotten to know him, did some rookie diaries with him back in the day. Mm. Shout out rookie diaries. And uh, he's just he's been a great guy to get to know and really impressive in the community. Obviously hope he can stick around. Um, yeah. And yeah, just does, does a lot. Never, uh, doesn't have a bad day. You know, exactly. Just, and he, he, you know, like uh, after a game, when the Bronco, if the Broncos were to lose a game, sometimes the locker room can be. They don't do that with Drew Locke. That's true. But the, sometimes the locker room can be a difficult place for a reporter. For an you got to go in there. Yeah, exactly. To do some R things. Well, especially you got to ask you. some hard questions. You're not used to asking questions. So the, the one time a week that it happens. I, I, uh, I only do one on ones. Oh, uh, yeah. That's my preferred method of Ring. You're like a Palantonio. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, when you go in there, it can be testy. But the one guy who's win or lose, no matter what happens, who's always available to talk, Justin Simmons. Not the one guy, but he is one of a, of a handful of guys. Always there. That he's always ready to talk. And he has a good perspective on uh, 
just on what football means and uh, how maybe some things are more important. So uh, uh, shout out to Justin Simmons. And obviously some politics kind of go into who wins the national award. Of course. In terms of, you know, being a big name and all that stuff. But would be hard to think that someone would be more deserving than Justin. You know, if you just, if you took everything else out of it and just how much they sacrifice of their time for the community, Justin's. A lot of people do amazing work around the NFL. So it is, uh, it is cool to see all these teams nominate a guy and, you get to learn a little bit more about what these guys do in in their communities. So uh, best of luck to Justin Simmons for the national award. It'd be also cool if uh, he also made it to the pro bowl as well. That could be nice. Take a little, nice. a little trip down 95 from Orlando to Miami. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's where they do Walter Payton man of the year at NFL honors the night before the super bowl. Right. Of course, so, if the Broncos make the playoffs and go to the super bowl, then he won't be able to go to the pro bowl. Yeah. He won't be able to do any of that. Any other shout-outs? How Liz crazy Vanis, would of it course. be that? <laughs> the Drew Locke hysteria would really be crazy. Yeah, that's what's going on inside your head. little scary. Phil, <laughs> here's a question for you. Oh, oh, God. I don't like the pause and then it. Who wins a Super Bowl first, Drew Locke or Patrick Mahomes? Oh. Well, considering that the, the Chiefs haven't even been to a Super Bowl since, uh, what was it, Super Bowl two? I think four. I think they won four. Super Bowl four. Got it. Fact check. Um, I would say that it's more likely that's somebody who, who quarterbacks the Broncos. Well, they did win Super Bowl four. Thank you. Was that the last time they were in the Super Bowl? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. How how angry would Chiefs fans Chiefs fans be if they thought they got this savior in Patrick very, Mahomes very and the angry. Broncos still won one? Very them? angry. We hope uh-huh. it happens. Yes, exactly. So. That is the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. So, yes, Correct. we do. Win natties. We do have to see what happens here. So, Any other shout-outs? Um, not that I can think of right now. Um, oh, the Boys and Girls Club will be having their holiday party on uh, Monday night here. Nice. Usually a Broncos player dresses up like Santa Claus, so we'll mm. have to see. Uh, Wonder see who, who it was. might be. Last year it was Von Miller, and we, we call him good uh, ones. We call him Santa Claus. I think uh, Demarius Thomas has also done it during my time here. That's true. And uh, Demarcus Ware. That's true. I think, was he the first one? I think he might have been the first he one. Might have they been the first had players dressed up. Demarius? No, uh, I think Demarcus was the first one. I forget who was first. The order is. It doesn't really matter. But Saka Claus is pretty good. It is. Yeah. So uh, that's a Monday. Boys and Girls Club uh, holiday party. So. Not not open to the public no no i'm not just saying clarify. come down here. <laughs> well, you're like monday <laughs> yeah come on <laughs> yeah uh, who knows even what the location is on you can that test day. our security guards <laughs> if you want to <laughs> i don't think we we should not <laughs> not mention that it's at an undisclosed location they're all training in what the is mountains it? maga or whatever <laughs> exactly yeah, it's in the you mountains. ever heard of the league of shadows <laughs> <laughs> that's where our security people come from yeah. yeah batman personally has to sign off before they're allowed yeah or raza ghoul exactly is raza ghoul still alive i don't think so no yeah not according to the um biopics yeah <laughs> yeah exactly why are you laughing? There's like the Elton John bio, the yeah. biopic um, biopic. I don't know how to bio, pronounce it. Biopic. 
I've got to go in. I have a biopic arm. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it's pronounced biopic. Anyway. The meaning has yeah, been lost. You, you saw the uh, the documentary on Batman? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. No, I think uh, in the... In How the did s- they not shoot all that video? I know, it's imp- like the Alan John commercial, yeah, real impressive. Exactly. Uh, biopic. Exactly. Biopic? Yeah, yeah biopic. Yeah, like how they know to film when Bruce Wayne fell in the, fell in the well as a child. Yeah. Just crazy. You just got to be shooting sh- all the yeah. time. Yeah. Always <laughs> be shooting. Exactly. That's my motto. Like, oh, we could help him. No. Yeah. <laughs> Better see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, I think that might uh, do it for this week's uh, neutral zone. Just to recap real quick here, what we went over, Drew Locke making his uh, homecoming to Kansas City. Grew up a Chiefs fan. Why? Why? His favorite player so he could turn up, on them. Dante Hall. Um, we talked about the losing streak against the Chiefs. It's at eight. Will this be the game? The Broncos finally snapped that. And then also, uh, what does the future of football look like? Perhaps no divisions. The future? Interesting. The future of the NFL. So that is that exactly. The future. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, um, that was we'll worse be, than the singing. <laughs> we'll be back on Monday uh, for our day after podcast with Vic Fangio. Right? He's not on the podcast. <laughs> well, you hear him. Exactly. So. Technically, kind of like it. It's Will Drew like Lock still be undefeated? We'll, 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 we'll see. We'll have to find out. We'll go. We'll break down the game next Monday. Until then, for Ben Swanson, Swanson, Emily Samanskis, Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to. The Neutral Zone.